show on this episode of the podcast we will be discussing everything blanton's that's right we'll go through the history of the distillery current news and of course our very personal favorite aspect of the show something i'm especially excited about this week the tastings with me of course as always is my intrepid and brilliant co-host andy kleshik andy how you doing this week i'm doing fantastic this is something um so you listeners don't know this. This is a bottle I got, I want to say, about a month, month and a half ago. Um, we definitely lucked out to be able to actually have this episode because I got that bottle. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very lucky and glad to have gotten it. I'm excited to have gotten it because this is the first time in a couple of years that I've actually been able to have Blanton's on a regular basis and try it and give a review on it. Um, so for that reason alone, I'm definitely very excited and very interested to see what it tastes like now. Absolutely. Uh, why don't you, okay, everyone out there, uh, we're going to go ahead and pour ourselves a couple glasses of the Blanton's here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and pour yourself a glass of Blanton's if you're lucky enough to have a bottle in your, uh, possession at this time. I know it's very difficult, uh, to find, um, if you can't, of course, if you don't have lands on you, pour something similar, pour a Weller, pour a Buffalo Trace, pour something along those lines. Make sure you're drinking along with us. This is a very special occasion, and we want to make sure we're celebrating. We want to make sure you guys are drinking Blanton's along with us, or at least something in that that Blanton Buffalo Trace family there. Um, Andy's pouring us drinks right now. We're all, of course, very excited about this. And I think Andy actually has some great, uh, exciting news for us to talk about regarding the uh, the Blanton's Buffalo Trace uh, distillery that we got going on down there because I know before the podcast, Andy, we were talking and that was one of the big things that you were excited about this week. Um, so yeah, why don't you go ahead and t- tell yeah. everyone about it? So, um, first of all, like I was kind of talking about, first off, salute. Yeah, before we go into cheers, anything else, sir. cheers. Um, this, first of all, like I was saying, I, I oh, def- yeah, that's I def- good, that's yeah, good stuff, that's good stuff. Um, like I was saying, I lucked out on this bottle um, before I get into the news John was talking about. Um, this was a bottle I lucked out at one of our local um, liquor stores. It was a uh, private barrel that they have that they selected. It's kind of like their um, private selection they get to do every year. They're large enough that they get to do that. Um, but... As far as Blanton's news goes on, rumor has it, if you're in the Kentucky area, like Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio area, and you have the time to go visit them, rumor has it that if you go down there to the Buffalo Trace Distillery, you may be able to purchase bottles directly from them. Um pretty big deal yeah yeah definitely very very big deal um it's something that they might have blatants directly on them they might also have some other like specialty rarer bourbons that they offer like eh taylor eagle rare maybe i don't have guaranteed certification of this um because i know this is about about the time that we're releasing this would be perfect time for them 
Buffalo Trace to be releasing this, uh, Pappy. Right. If if they're selling it at the distillery, of course, always an option to go check and see. Possibly Weller as well. Possibly Weller. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe Buff- uh, Hopefully Buffalo Trace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, of course, obviously, but um, the rumor has it from people that I know that have been there is that you can go purchase Blanton's directly from them. Um, and you might be able to find Buffalo Trace, obviously, and then some other brands that they offer there. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Um, if you have the time and you have the gas and money to spend on gas to go drive there, do it. Um, Absolutely. So dude. It's pre- a, yeah, it, it, I think it's worth it. If you can afford yeah. that to buy these bottles, Blaine, Z.H. Taylor, Weller, Pappy, uh, if you can afford to buy those, you probably should you be should. able to afford the gas to go get there. Yeah, if you can afford the gas, plane something, ticket, whatever you have right, to do to get there. It's something we're strongly considering. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with John. Especially because we're only 90 minutes out from Frankfurt. 90? 120 minutes out from it? Yeah, 90. About, about that far. 98 to be exact. 90 with no cops <laughs> uh yeah definitely 90 with no cops <laughs> yeah all right andy it's a big episode we're super excited why don't we jump right on in and tell the people out there everything they need to know about blantons yeah so this is um this is definitely one of those ones that we luck like it, we were talking about earlier we lucked into um being able to even provide this episode but blantons this is as far as I've been able to find in research, this is the first commercially sold single barrel bourbon on the market. Um, as we've kind of talked about, this is produced out of what is now the Buffalo Trace Distillery, although that's gone by many different names during its history. Um, Old Fire Copper Distillery, among other names. Um and this is, from what I've been able to find, this is probably um, originally created under Albert Blanton's oversight of distillery when he was there from uh, 1921 to 1951. Of course, it's probably not necessarily his original um, distillation and original mash bill, but... It was arguably probably created on the Mashable was probably arguably created under him. Okay. Um, and of course, obviously, as his name implies, and as the bourbon's name implies, created under him. Uh, Blanton's Colonel Art Albert B. Blanton's name implies created. Of um, it bears his namesake. I love that you mentioned the fact that it was basically the world's. First single barrel bourbon uh, that before you know single barrel bourbon wasn't really a thing before 1984, but I mean so it's pretty interesting that among one of his many infamous acts, Elmer T Lee's career at Buffalo Trace included this final parting gift yeah. of the single barrel bourbon. Um, Definitely, yeah, absolutely. He kind of created this super premium bourbon category, um, i.e., bourbon taken from one barrel and bottled as is. Um, really unique, uh, just 
it's astounding how diversified and, and exceptional the Buffalo Trace uh, portfolio really is there. And, and, it, and it seems like they're just – every step of the way, it seems like they are just breaking ground on new innovations. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I definitely agree with you there. I, it's something that they definitely have broken ground on so many different things. And if you think about it in the single barrel or small batch or just in general rarer bourbons um, – selection they have so many there um and as you said this was a brand that was originally created under uh albert albert blanton's uh understudy who then eventually post albert blanton's ended up becoming the master distiller for now buffalo trace uh elmer t lee this was something he created as his kind of parting gift to albert albert as the outgoing um right outgoing master distiller albert bacon yeah definitely and it was something that he kind of like i said it was something that he kind of did as his gift to his mentor literally mm-hmm. in the industry Andy, do you know albert bacon blanton actually worked his way up from a 60 year old desk clerk and eventually became the buffalo trace distillery's uh president from 1921 to 1952 uh, th- I, I i've heard about that yeah and that's that's something that's something i first heard about when i was actually at their distillery doing their tour a couple years back two three years back now um and it was something that not only was he, did he operate and was their master distiller and president during that time um, but he presided probably over two of Bourbon's most significant events. Eh, Prohibition, which obviously for every bl- every brand was a significant event in America, but also the Great Depression. When, of course, Bourbon was now lawfully allowed to be distilled and produced and sold, but most people might not have been easily able to select it and buy it okay so blanton you know he presided over those two key events not only in bourbon history but american history right and world history um and he really was a true pioneer in the industry and during his tenure blew up like just blew up what buffalo trace was as a brand roughly three to four fold um i mean he he brought their distillery and their aging and warehouses um significantly i think it was from like 140 um or from forty thousand barrel capabilities to about 140,000 barrels capabilities aging in their warehouses and of course, the most famous thing that he brought was Warehouse H, which is where all Blaine's currently is being distilled and will, as far as I've ever known and have ever been told, will only be distilled there. It, Warehouse H on um, Buffalo Trace's premises uh, is exactly where Blaine's and only Blaine's, as far as I can recall, is aged there. It's a metal warehouse, uh, which was something that, for for the time, was revolutionary because most warehouses were all uh, cinder block or uh, brick warehouses, and most still are. 
But it was something that he found that with a metal warehouse, it really exacerbated the aging process in bourbon. And with this, he found that it created a very, very unique flavor that he truly loved, Albert truly loved, and created far more distinct flavor from the standard product. Uh, I would say this is honestly the warehouse there. That's one of the only like legit reasons to bring up actual warehouse lore as like we have the top, the best warehouses out there Um, because Blanton is of course aged in Buffalo Trace's famous warehouse age. The distillery's only all metal rick house, as you mentioned. And uh, it's the very place where Blanton himself would stow his select barrels of whiskey I mean, there's not many brands out there where you can really legitimately and unironically brag about the warehouses. It's like we yeah. have the top of the line warehouse. Yeah. And I just think that's one of the many unique, awesome things about Blanton's. And, I think and it Buffalo, might be the, the only warehouse. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's just everything about this brand is so historic. And it truly is worth the seeking out. For me, at least. Um, and, I mean, f- of course, it's easier to erect as a metal uh, warehouse. A lot cheaper to do it that way. It's just a lot easier to do it that way. But like I was saying, you get a little bit quicker temperature change mm-hmm. because the metal will conduct heat and, um, or lose heat yeah. a little bit quicker than a brick or wood warehouse right. would do. Yeah, those metal walls are kind of amplifiers um, of the uh, the yeah, the humidity changes there in in the warehouse absolutely kind of yeah. uh, encourages the barrels to absorb and then flush out the bourbon more often over the course of the aging and of course the more interaction between the bourbon and the barrel the more flavor that results in the end well it's not just flavor color too in it because a lot of um, a lot of I think as we've discussed in this uh, podcast previously a lot of the color and flavor of all bourbons and all whiskeys at large is brought and imbibed from the barrel itself um as well as the actual distillation and process and the um malting process of the bourbon or whiskey yeah Uh, another really awesome aspect kind of historical iconic and just like top quality of the bourbon hand, or the, I should say the barrel handling there. Most whiskeys are machine dumped, which means the, the yeah. whiskey is dumped by a machine out of the barrel. While in contrast, Bland's barrels are actually hand dumped, which, uh, you know, sounds, uh, you know, a little bit better. I think it's a, it's, it's a, I think it's a more hands, just a hands-on approach. It's like, yeah. we're taking more care with this process than your average or even some of your top, Top end uh, bourbon producers and distillers. Yeah, it, it's something that um, even with that process, um, when they're dumping it, when they're bottling it, it's something that they actually have their own line specific to just Blanton's at the Buffalo Trace Distillery um, where they bottle it, dump it, everything, so that they can sit there and monitor and maintain the quality of the bourbon. Uh, which truly makes it just so, so great, in my opinion, at least. 
Okay. Um, like I said, I mean, this was a bourbon that really the name Blanton's was not intro- introduced into Buffalo Trace lineup until about 1984, 1985, uh, when Elmer T. Lee, who, again, another big name in the Buffalo Trace lineup, um, and was also the understudy to Albert Bland's, um, decided to kind of create this memento to him right. and say, we're going to introduce this to the market as a good bourbon and as a, the first single barrel bar, single barrel bourbon of that's course. commercially produced. And that's where they, they really were a market innovator. Because before that, I mean, of course, you could have some bourbons that were there that might have more, um, might be a single barrel, but it was not on a really significant commercial basis. So they arguably created that line. Andy, I'm really curious with this one, especially what, how, what is the mash bill breakdown? And then uh, tell us a little bit about the mash bill. So in my research, I could not determine the exact mash bill. Um, However, well, it is, of course, produced by Buffalo Trace in yeah. Frankfurt, and they are infamously quiet about the exact contents of their mash bills. Yeah, they're, they're especially for a lot of their rarer or more right. exquisite bourbons, they're a lot quieter about those right. mash bills. Um, however, I think, if I recall correctly, they're probably the mash bill is probably very, very similar to both Weller's and Pappy Van Winkle line mash bills. Okay. So this is going to be a heavily weeded uh, bourbon. Okay. Which, nothing wrong with that. I There's um, some very good bourbons that I've had that are heavily weeded that I liked. Uh, you and I, John, we've discussed actually Weller's before on this podcast that I actually loved. Yeah. Both of us loved. Right. Uh, the products that we discussed at that time, the Antique 107 and the Special Reserve, yeah. um, they do a good job in that. Mm-hmm. So, can, can a bourbon be high wheat and high rye at the same time? Technically, yes. Because I've heard a lot of people talk about how they believe, well, while we really don't know, they believe Blanton's to be a high rye bourbon. But that's the thing, because of the secrecy relating to the mash bill, we don't really know. Uh, technically, yes. I mean, because they label them themselves as a bourbon, we at least know it's 51% corn. Right. Which means the other 49% could be anything it could, of rye, malted barley, and wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, so among those three, it could be any, per- any percentage of the rye, barley, and wheat in there. Um. But Maybe they I, have a big focus on both the rye and the wheat. Possibly. Yeah, I mean that's very, very possible. But in my research, at least, I have not found a definitive percentage beyond right. our, what the corn is. Obviously, um, minimum what the corn is at least. What those rye and wheat would be in the bourbon. But in the research I've done, it's probably in the vein of what Weller and Pappy lines do, where there's at least some wheat and 
probably a higher ride content in it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a different. I can tell the contrast between Pappy and and well and Weller and the Blantons. If I had to go with one being a higher ride, just based purely on the taste test, I would go for sure with Blantons. Yeah, because with Weller with Pappy, I think you could really tell the weeded difference. Um, and I think this one is probably has uses a lot more wheat than your average bourbon, but I think it also maybe it is up to that sixteen percent, maybe seventeen percent rye as well. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think there's that. also, do you, what do you know about the label here? I'm looking at the bottle of blends, and it definitely seems like it's one of the more unique bottles and unique bl- uh, labels out there. It's got the kind of the circular short bottle, um, still with like kind of some weird, you know, some really unique edges. And then you've got that kind of uh, cream colored label that wraps all the way around the bottle and has all this cursive uh, uh, calligraphy on it. What do yeah. you know about the bottle, Andy? Um, so I'm not as familiar with why they choose to go with this bottle shape. Um, but there's a couple different labels that they choose to do that you can find everywhere on the market, both U.S. domestically and globally. Um, there's just their standard label. Label single proof, which they do at 93 proof. And then they have a gold uh, label, which they do at 103 proof. And both of of those you can find in the United States. The standard single barrel, uh, the 93 proof one, which is kind of that tan label that we were talking about, you can find a lot more frequently than the gold label. Um, But both you can find... As far as I've been able to find and hear, you can find in the United States. Um, and there's some other ones you can find interna- solely internationally. Yeah. I think at least in Japan, maybe in Europe. Right. Yeah, um, that, that scrolly calligraphy type of writing across that, that label, it lets you know a number of things. It shows you the yeah. barrel number. It shows you um, the storage rack that the barrel was taken from, the exactly. proof the, the bourbon was bottled at, the ABV. Um, the date the bourbon was actually dumped, and um, you know it's it, it, it's pretty. It's one of the more informative and unique labels for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. Do you mind if I read this off here? No, for go you? for it. So the this is so before I go into anything, this one that I was able to get, um, as I was kind of saying earlier in the episode, was a um, store pick. It was one I found in a lottery. Um, I actually not only found, but one in a lottery uh, at the party source over in Newport, Bellevue, Kentucky. Um, so it's a single barrel that they selected out, and I lucked out on that raffle. Um, but the the label reads, each bottle is recorded with the master registrar at Blanton's Distilling Company. Um, this is a registered bottle. The bottle I got was bottle number 153, um, and then this is bourbon whiskey was dumped and it'll always say what date it was dumped. Mine was dumped on a hundred or, uh, January 31st, 2020 from barrel number 203 stored in warehouse H on a Rick number two individually selected, filtered and bottled by hand at 93 proof. So mine is a bit special. Like I said, because it was a specific barrel pick by the store i lucked out in the lottery that i got um but like we're kind of i think discussing earlier if you maybe go down to buffalo trace you might luck out and be able to buy a bottle from them 
um, directly instead of hoping for a, a, a store pick or other, likewise, lottery uh, pick of Blanton's bourbon. <clears throat> and the, like John was saying earlier, it definitely is a bottle. Um, you know, all cursive calligraphied. Um, it'll spell out pretty much exactly which barrel from which warehouse and which, like, where in that warehouse it was um, aged and matured in. Absolutely. And it definitely is, if nobody has seen the bottle, it is truly one of the most exquisite bottles I've ever seen. Right. And I think that's one, And it really is. And I think that's one of the reasons people, not just because the taste is exceptional and it's come from one of the, if not the best distillery, excuse me, in the nation, the bottle, I think, really attracts people to it. I think the stopper especially excites the, people. The stopper? Yeah, no. Um, that I, I think that probably is the, outside of obviously the product that it contains in the bottle, right. is the most exquisite part of the bourbon. So for anybody that has not seen Blanton's before, they have a specific stopper that they use where it's a racehorse, um, kind of modeled after, I would argue, probably after the Kentucky Derby. I don't have exact proof that it's labeled after that, but, you know, Kentucky Derby. They're uh, in Frankfurt, Kentucky. What is it? It's a, it's a race. Basically, there's a racehorse on it, Yeah, right? Yeah, it literally is a racehorse on the top of the stopper. You have, you've got the uh, the jockey as well. Yeah, the racehorse with jockey running through it. And for all of those people that know um, the history or the lore behind the stopper um, and like to collect them. Right. Basically, if you get all of the stoppers, I think there's uh, about eight stoppers should be eight in total. Yeah. About, about eight or nine stoppers in total. If you do it right and you get all the stoppers collected, it will spell out Blanton's. It will spell it, out the bland, the word Blanton's, yeah. Yeah, and each stopper, the racehorse is... This is something I learned actually when I was at their distillery. The stopper will actually have... Um, One of the, the letters. Ra- it, well, not only will it have a letter, but each letter will have the racehorse in a different position, like oh, a different right. position... Throughout a race. race. Exactly. So which letter do you have? Which position is your race horse and jockey in? So I, so the bottle that I looked out into in this, um, lottery pick, this uh, special raffle is an O. However, I also have another bottle that I got two or three years ago that, um, actually I think was an N. Okay. But one of the two N bottles. So you have an O and one of the N's. That's yeah. interesting because you have to, you're, you're two steps into the eight of collecting yeah. your blends, uh, your, your stoppers. You got to be careful because it can drive you a little crazy because just because you're able to even get your hands on a bottle of blends doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get a new letter. Yeah, not you, necessarily. And you also have to be careful because there are two N's in the word blends and they are, of course, they are different N's. Double check your N's, folks. They are not the same. The first is a regular nope. old N, but the second should have a colon after it as shown uh, in, you know, if you just Google second end uh, Blanton's, Blanton's it'll, yeah. it'll come up. Wh- which end do you have, Andy? Do you know if it's the first or the second? You know, to be honest with you, I don't even remember. 
it's been that long. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, it was two or three years ago that I was last able to actually get a bottle of Blanton's myself. Um, so I don't remember offhand. I'd have to go back and look if I which of the ends I had. Yeah. But the fact that I was that I've been able to find two is special in and of itself for myself. Uh, personally, I mean, literally the first bottle that I ever bought of it, um, I held on to that thing for a year before I even opened it. Oh wow! Because I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to find a bottle of this again. Right. I mean, you'll eventually be able to. It's yeah, just, ev- it'll, eventually. It'll take time. Obviously, now I right. eventually. Yeah. But um, we've got evidence that eventually it does yeah. come down the pike. It, it does happen. Right. Um, but it was something that you know, I like, I I I do want to collect um all the all of the uh, stoppers. Of course, so, you already it, got two of them. Yeah, I've got two of eight. Might as well uh, keep going. Yeah, I'm I'm a quarter of the way there. Um, rumor has it Buffalo Trace sells the stoppers themselves. Personally, man, I like the bourbon along with it, but right. also, is it really? Do you really collect them if you're not actually buying the bottles? Yeah, uh, that's um, just kind of cheating, I think. There's, although, yeah, exactly. But there's a level of it that, um, you also got to factor in price, right? So, granted, this was a store pick, like I said earlier, but um. Most re- most bottles that I've been able to find at retail price are about 65 70 bucks. I ended up getting mine at about 70 71 bucks post tax. Um so that pretty much holds and like I said mine was a store pick. So they didn't really jack up the price all that much on it. Luckily for me. Right. Um so it'll retail about that much if you can afford that, which I think at the price, pretty much about worth it. Right. I mean, I, I think at the lowest, Blanton's would be, for me, worth about 50 So maybe 15 20 bucks less than what it's market now in the U.S. And in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area currently. Okay. Um, so what else do people need to know? I want to get into these tastings. I'm super excited yeah, about I, these. I know. I can, I can see you're itching for it. What else do we need to, what else do the folks out there in the world uh, need to know about blends before we jump on into our tastings here? Um, I don't know if there's anything specific um, else on Blanton's that we need to know about. Uh, apart from what we've already said there. All right. Um, Maybe it's time to ju- dive on yeah, into let, the, let, the deliciousness that is Blanton's single let, barrel. Let's jump into this because I know this is your, uh, I think this is your first time you've ever been this, able to try Blanton's, This Blantons, is my right? first time drinking Blanton's and I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm so you're breaking your virginity here. Pop my Blanton's cherry, folks. So let's go ahead. Let's dive on into the tasting. Let's start off with the nose here. That smells so good to me. It's very, it's a very welcoming, smooth smell. Yeah. Absolutely. Smooth smell. It's very warm and inviting. It's not aggressive in like an ethanol type way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really, I'm kind of struggling a little bit to pick out specific smells from it. I, it's an overall general, generally it's a great smell, but overall yeah. I'm having trouble picking out specificness to it. Yeah. Now, like I said earlier, this some, is some vanilla caramel is kind of what yeah. I'm getting. But other than that, it's just kind of smooth, smooth, you know, bourbon 
scent. I, I can't yeah. pick it out really. It's just kind of uh, wafting over me, and, and, and it's love all of its loveliness. Yeah. No. Like like I said earlier, before we go into anything else, um, as far as smelling or tasting it goes, this was a store pick, so it might not be specifically what you can find elsewise in Blanton's. Of course. Um, this was just the party source. I lucked out in their raffle. Their barrels, they selected them. So it might be different. Of course. You can find a different barrel. It might taste slightly and that's different something than you what get you can with, find. That's something you get with Blanton's. You will find some inconsistency across the bottles because they are manufactured and produced in, in slightly different ways. doesn't mean any are you know better or worse or right or wrong. But you will find some inconsistency in yeah, Blanton's. Because it's, it's a single a barrel. Thing. Exactly. Because it is a single barrel. Um, that's just one of the many things that makes it such a unique product. Yeah. Like just because it's a single barrel and you can find something in one barrel that's different in another barrel does not mean it's bad. It's just, they found that those barrels were unique enough to bottle at this time. Right. I'm getting a little bit of orangeness to it. A lot of caramel in the palate and, um, it's finishing with some, some spice and some sugar. And it's, it's, it's quite pleasant. I'm smelling a little bit of like a cherry or a dark fruit flavor there. Oh, let me, let me try it. I haven't tried it yet. It's definitely one of the better bourbons I've tasted uh, in my time, and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of good products out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> very, very lovely. Any final thoughts on Blanton here, Andy? Um, for all of us bourbon lovers, if you can make the travel down to uh, Buffalo Trace, do it at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um. If you can't and you look at it on a store pick, buy it. Buy it. I don't care what anybody else says to you. Put it on a card. Do whatever you have to do to get this thing. It's so, so good, in my opinion. So, so worth it. Yeah. Love it. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are available across all platforms. Make sure you go subscribe, leave a review, listen, and share every every episode of Distilled Discussion. Let your friends know about it. Post it on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Distilled underscore Discussions on Instagram, at Distilled Discussions on Facebook. We love you guys. We love your support. We love drinking with you. And uh, we hope everyone is doing well during these obviously difficult times. So make sure you go ahead, have a great week, pour yourself another drink, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.